Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant, and this is the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where I'm committed to resolving your child's exhausting sleep habits. This is episode 73, and I'm chatting with Ashley and Tyler Harrington today really about their journey of what they were expecting before they had a baby to what's happening after they had their baby. Also their favorite apps and products to use because this couple is very tech oriented. And I cannot wait for Ty to tell you how he syncs his watch up to CC's naps. It's pretty impressive. So I knew I had to have them on the podcast after our conversations over the past months and years as they filmed our courses here at Little Z's and we've formed a friendship across Instagram and I just love who they are. I know you're going to have a blast hanging out with us today. So here's our conversation with the Harringtons. Hey guys, so Ashley and Ty are here today with us and I'm um, very excited because I've known them um, before baby and now after baby and watching their transformation has been like so inspiring and I don't even have a newborn. Um, I love it. So I'm really excited to chat with them today. Welcome guys. Hello. Hello, Becca. We are so happy to be here. Yay. Well, I'm pumped to start about really just talking about before CC even arrived. And I guess before I even jump into that, um, share with us a little bit about before you found out, um, you guys were expecting. Was there really a time where you were starting to think about like, maybe we should start getting our life organized. Maybe we should start getting like our home organized. Were you starting to think about baby prep like well before her, you know, nesting period? What was that like for you guys? Yeah, I would say not really. Um, So we really, we were like thinking about baby things just because so many of our friends were having babies. and we filmed one of your courses. So that was like our first, like really like introduction. Like I remember Ty came home and he was like, oh my gosh, Ash, Ash, this girl Becca is a genius. When we have babies, like we have to like, we'll know everything. And I was like, oh my gosh. So really like working with you was like the first point when we were like, oh, maybe we should like invest in some education once we actually got pregnant. Um, so we didn't do too much before we got pregnant, but then after we got pregnant is kind of when the wheels started turning and we started doing all the things. Yes, but you guys her. did not find out gender, right? So was that something between you that you were like, yeah, we both don't want to do this. Did you have to convince each other to not find out the gender? No. I could have gone either way, probably. Yeah. Like and most things, probably, as we'll continue on in this story. I'm kind of, I can go either way. Uh, Ash presented the idea to me and was like, how do you feel about waiting to find out? It can be a surprise. And the only thing that really sold me on it, honestly, Becca, was the moment that I knew I was going to get to have in the hospital of coming out into the waiting room and declaring to all of our friends and family of what the gender was. Because we had a few friends who went that route. And I always thought that was super cool that the dad got to do that. So that was my like thing. I was, okay, if I, as long as I have that, I can do it. And then, I don't know, it wasn't too bad. People, it's funny, whenever we tell people about that, we get one or two reactions. We either get, oh my gosh, I could never do that. That's insane. You guys are crazy. Or like, oh my gosh, I love that. I think that's the best ever. I'm so glad that you guys are doing that. So it's kind of split camps there. Yeah. And I would say not knowing was super motivating for me. Um, it actually like inspired me to learn more. I know that sounds crazy, um, but it really did. Like I was really motivated to learn about birth um, and I was excited for birth because I knew the end result was going to be this huge surprise. Um, Whereas I'm not sure now, see, I don't know because I didn't do it the other way, but not knowing really did motivate me. I'm not sure if I would have been as motivated if I had known. Um, so 
That's yep. kind of our, my take on it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the same ties moment, like that you're explaining. That's exactly what we wanted to. So we didn't find out the genders. It was never even like a thought, like, oh, I've got to find out. Right. Because I just in my head was like, yes, I want that. I want him to like go out there and like tell everybody I wanted him to be the first to tell me. Um, yeah. But didn't something funny happen with you guys? Like Ty wasn't the first one. <laughs> he missed it on the way out. Like her legs were closed. And so he couldn't, he couldn't see because her legs were closed. So they, I pulled her up onto my chest and the midwife like picked up her leg. And then he was like, it's a girl, like question mark, just making sure. I, I'm like, okay. Oh, well, hey. I was trying really hard to avoid having a Steve Harvey moment where I didn't want to declare the wrong thing. So I was looking at it and I was pretty sure oh, I knew what gosh. it was and what it wasn't, but I wanted to make sure. So I had to check. <laughs> it either is or isn't. I don't know I how that check was with the midwife for confirmation. Cause I've heard things where like things can be swollen and it's, you know, it's a little different. Oh my you know, gosh. It was my first experience. Anatomy. So I just wanted to make sure that I was correct before I told Ash one way or the other. So yeah, so I missed it on the initial, when they pulled her up onto her chest, I missed it. It happened really fast. I wasn't prepared. And then they like sh lifted the leg and I was looking right at it. And I had to, <laughs> yeah, we have the whole thing on video, so which makes it even funnier because you literally see me and I'm like, uh, I don't know. I mean, and then I look at the midwife. I'm like, it's a girl, right? And she's like, yeah, it's a girl. I'm like, Ash, it's a girl. So it was a pretty funny moment, but yeah, it was great. It was awesome. It was, I'm glad that we did it for at least the first one. We'll see what happens going forward, yeah. but I'm definitely glad. All along though, one. I was convinced that she was a boy. So I was more shocked that she was a girl. Ty was really excited that she was a girl. Secretly, he really wanted a girl. Either way, we would have been happy, um, but it was exciting. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. That's, yeah. and I can't, I, I, you know, I don't blame you Ty because when you're in that moment though, you don't even know what's happening. Like you're like, right. thinking, you're like, what's happening? It's just so crazy. And it's so fast. So yeah, that's, but that's a funny story to have on memory. Yeah. I always said that no matter what happens in the, in the delivery room that I was going to stay north of the border. That was my like policy. I was like, I'm just going to stay as far north as I possibly can. And somehow in the heat of the moment, I ended up at the very bottom holding a leg, looking right down the barrel of the gun. So I was right in it. It was all very overwhelming and it was just a lot happening at once, but we figured it out. We got it all situated and everything was great. I love it. That's how most, most things go. You say it's one way and then it's the other, which is so yeah. true. Even like before and after baby, like you, you think it's going to be one way and then you realize afterwards, like, oh, wow, maybe I didn't need all this stuff. Maybe there's something I should have done differently. So is there anything that kind of like sticks out to you guys now where you're thinking, oh, we, we bought this thing before we had, we thought it was going to be this way, but after baby, you're like, I don't even care about that thing. I don't even like use, I don't even touch that product. Anything like yeah. that you found? Okay, so this is really funny. I was like kind of anal about being a minimalist when it came to baby stuff because we have a lot of friends who have babies and we love them dearly, but they have a lot of junk and I was not in that camp. Um, so I really went like as few things as we can have as possible. That would be amazing. So like Sienna has one toy <laughs> and like I know she doesn't even really need toys right now, but that's how I wouldn't say I was extreme, but I was like very cognizant of like, I don't want a ton of stuff because I don't want to have that feeling of like, Hey, we probably didn't need this. So Ty and I had to really think hard. Like we were like, maybe we could come up with something that maybe we didn't necessarily need. Like, for example, I was like really set on this one pacifier the it's Nutter Sudden or something like that, I think. Um, but they are the brown pacifiers. And I just think that they are like so adorable for a baby. And so I was really set on having those. And in the hospital, uh, the lactation consultant came around and Sienna was sucking on that pacifier when she walked into the room. 
And she was like, just so you know, you should throw those in the trash. Well, I was so like, don't tell me what to do. This is my baby and I'm going to do what I want. And she was like, her sucking on that pacifier is going to make it really hard to nurse because the nipple is so short. Um, and so it's going to make her like nurse shallow and it's going to be really painful for you. And I was like, whatever. So needless to say, we kept the pacifiers, um, for maybe a week and Ty no, said, not even a week. Well, we, she kept them for a week, but Ty said, Hey, like I bought something for Sina on Amazon. I'm really excited about it. And it came in the mail and it was these other pacifiers. And as soon as she started using the other pacifiers, like nursing changed for us and it wasn't like bad or hard. It didn't really hurt me but I could tell a difference. Like she was, um, sucking more like deeper and not so shallow. And I was like, she was right. Like, uh, and so now, so all like a couple of our friends are pregnant and they have those on their registry, but I never want to be the girl that's like, Hey, you don't need those. But I kind of want to be like, Hey, don't get those. (laughs) So that was, yeah. Yeah. That is such a, like another Testament though, to like my vendetta against marketing stuff, because it's like, yeah, they're pretty and they're cute, but like, they could be the wrong thing. So yes, that's such that's a yeah. good. For the record, I just got, yeah, I just got lucky because I actually bought the ones because I thought that aesthetically they were better for the nursing thing. But yeah, yes, so you can have both. You yeah. just got to look hard enough and find them on Amazon, and the they other, were great. The and they come we, in like a fifty different colors. So yeah, the other thing we really didn't need was baby hats. Um, I didn't realize this, but supposedly we read some research, like when the baby's at eight pounds, like they don't need them. Um, and we were kind of sold on the fact that like, Oh, babies don't know how to regulate their temperature. And like the only way they can regulate their temperature is if like the heat is enclosed and like, that was dumb. So we bought some and we used them for a week and she turned, she got to eight pounds and we stopped using them. But looking back, we probably didn't need them. We didn't need to buy as many. Yeah. We had four. Ty thinks that's a lot. <laughs> she really only needed one. I mean, she just sleeps in it. She can't really drool on her head. So, uh, yeah. So, baby hats, baby hats, and the pacifiers. And honestly, that's it, right, Ty? Yeah. But I think a, re- a lot of the reason for that is one, like we said, we had a lot of friends who had been having babies who are on baby number two, just being around babies all the time. We really did look to friends and people who had been there for those items of like, hey, we asked the same question that Becca just asked us. What did you buy that you didn't need that was unnecessary? That type of thing. So that was really helpful. And then also we did a lot of education oh and my stuff gosh, like that ahead that's of what time. I was gonna say. So doing the newborn sleep course uh, from those who sleeps was the best thing we ever bought. Um, <laughs> we did acid like a lactation course. We did the hypnobirthing course and then Ash just read a bunch of books. So kind of through all those things, we did a lot of that research before making our list and before making big purchases and stuff like that. So I think we actually kind of, I don't know, looked out, but we did a pretty good job of being intentional. We would have bought more stuff had we not invested in education. Like we would have bought all the containers um, to contain our child. Like we would have bought all the things. We would have bought that little bumbo seat that supposedly they shouldn't sit in. We would have bought that too. And the docketot. You know how Becca feels about the (laughs) docketot. We would have bought all those things. And had we not invested in education and realized like, oh, like maybe that's not the best choice. Um, we were gifted the uh, thing that got recalled, whatever it's called. Oh, the rock and play. Rock and play. And we returned it because we were like, no, we're not going to have that. And we got something different. So yeah, education probably is why we didn't buy as much stuff that we didn't need. Which then saves you a lot of money because DACA tops are crazy expensive. And- <laughs> <laughs> containers are crazy expensive and 
So um, quickly on there, um, I'm going to focus this on Ashley. So what, what education did you, kind of that before and after, like, did you invest in it? You were like, that was awesome. And then things you were like, eh, maybe didn't need that one. Um, yeah. So the sleep course, um, that was perfect for us. Um, more so like we obviously have been following you for a long time and work with you. So we knew a lot of the things that you had said, but it was really helpful to watch it beforehand. And really as we were watching it, it was less like, oh, we need this and more of like, hey, we need to tell our family this because we knew that we were going to be working soon after we had her. And we were like, this is really important to us and we want to create this routine and our parents like need to know this. Um, so that was super helpful. Um, I took a breastfeeding course called Milkology, super helpful. Um, and then the hypnobirthing course, which was also super helpful. So everything that we really invested in, I would well, I might not need them again, but I think the biggest thing for us was investing in those things, watching and learning ahead of time, but then going back after where Sienna was born, that's when it became even more helpful. Um, it's funny how you forget things so quickly. Um, so I can't tell you how many times I like went back to the sleep course and been like, okay, like what did Becca say about this one thing? And like, we look at that one thing, we're like, oh, okay. Or for breastfeeding, like what, what did, what is it? Like, how long can it sit out? Or like when I freeze it, like how long can it stay in the fridge after that? And I just go and look at this one slide and I, I've probably looked at it. Like, I'm not kidding 50 times, but it's just helpful to like have those things and know that we can go back as a reference point. So everything we invested in, I would say we would do again. Um, or we would recommend to people. And then the books that I read, um, I also think I would read them again. Um, I did natural child or natural hospital uh, birth. I did that book. I did the four S's book. Um, yeah, I did way more books than that, but all, those two, I would say like, yes, I would recommend those. I love that. And this is, I tell parents this all the time that like, this is the time to be alive. Like in 2019, when you can have access to yes. all kinds of educations and like all kinds of things, not just having to go get a book, which books are great, but yeah. I love that, that you like quick reference, quick things like that. And, um, definitely as actually a few weeks after you guys had her, um, when Ty emailed me and said like, you should really have a caretaker's guy. I'm like, yeah, sure, I should do that. So yes. <laughs> also shocked by how much I Instagram became less of like a keeping up with people's lives and more of an education tool for me, like as we were preparing for Santa's birth. And that shocked me. Um, like there are people like you on Instagram who are like providing helpful information, like educational stuff that people, that's actually really helpful. And I didn't realize like how much free content is out there. Like I started following some labor and delivery nurses who um, obviously experience birth every single day. And like just following them, I learned so much. And a pelvic floor specialist, like all those things like that you would not think that you would find on Instagram. Like I found them and they like seriously changed the game for me. So Instagram, it's not just a curation highlight highlight toy of people's lives. There's like real good education out there that people are giving away for free. So yes, I love that. Well, I'll I'll be sure to get your favorites and we'll put them in the show notes because yeah. that's super helpful. But that's um, it's interesting that you're saying that too because I actually find myself on Instagram like whenever I scroll, it's just all content. It's just all information. Like I'm like, who am I even following this year? <laughs> like picture pictures now. <laughs> I don't even yeah. know. But I love that. So we'll definitely be sure to highlight that. So you kind of started talking a little bit about like you went, you went back to work really fast. And of course, I prefaced it at the beginning before we even started chatting on the podcast. But um, share with us, yes, like what, what do you guys do? Um, and how was that kind of, you didn't take a traditional mat leave, obviously. And so what is this like as you kind of transitioned from 
her being born to stepping back almost immediately. So Ty will take this one, but before we get very far, our situation is very unique um, because we do work for ourselves, but we had a miscarriage before Sienna was born. And so we had kind of planned our work around the first baby we got pregnant with. So it was very unique for us and why we went to work so soon. It wasn't necessarily the plan. I'm doing air quotes because I know you can't see me, um, but it wasn't really the plan that we had like set out, but that's why we went back to work so early. Yeah, I definitely would suggest uh, doing it this way. It's probably not the most ideal way of doing it, but it is kind of a reality and just what ended up happening to us. So we are wedding filmmakers. Um, that is what we do. We film weddings and we make wedding films and we've been doing that together uh, ever since we got married in 2013. Ash and I have been doing it together and we've shot anywhere between 20 and 30 weddings a year kind of depending on the year and as our business has kind of ebbed and flowed but um, that is our primary source of income and wedding season here in Virginia is really like April through June and then July is a little slower and then like August through the end of the fall. So for us, like last year, we shot every weekend in April, every weekend in May. It's just kind of the way that it goes around here. That's just the way that wedding season happens. So when, and we, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you take the bookings as they come. You can't necessarily choose as much as you would like when they're going to be. So uh, the first wedding that we had was booked for May 18th and Sienna's due date was May 2nd. So we knew right from the get-go that that was going to be pretty tight, but the only thing that we kind of were able to rest on was that she was never in like the danger zone of her birthday being on the wedding day because um, we would never be able to go 18. Well, we could, I guess, but we wouldn't, we weren't ever going ever gonna to go 18 days past our due date or 16 days or whatever it is. So we weren't super worried about missing that wedding. Um, there was some debate over whether or not we'd have a, uh, someone come and help us or a third shooter or whatever. But to make things even more interesting, Becca, um, this first wedding was one of our few packages that involves us going for the entire weekend. So we had to be there for the rehearsal dinner on Friday, as well as the wedding on Saturday. So it wasn't just a normal show up on Saturday morning, you're done Saturday evening kind of situation. And it also happened to be four hours from our house. So we had a whole bunch of different factors um, kind of stacked against us for that very first wedding and then we pretty much had weddings almost every weekend after that again just that's just the heat of our season and we didn't really have a choice so um as of right now sienna is nine weeks old and since she's been born we have shot six weddings so you can do the math on that we have had very few off weekends with her being born so we've had to quickly adapt to her sleeping on the go in the car in hotel rooms with other people watching her teaching other people her routine and all those different things and again shameless plug for the newborn sleep course that literally if it wasn't for that I don't know how we would have survived this the first two months of her life like I don't know if we would have been able to do it if we hadn't had that really solid foundation in place and that really solid routine and I think we also just got a little lucky um, that we have a really good baby who sleeps really well um, but yeah that's kind of our situation and where where we're at with her and with sleep and our crazy schedule for the first couple of weeks. Yeah, that's a lot of traveling that most are, are not, most newborns, most newborn parents are not experiencing that, that's for sure. So I know because you've sent some stories and you've shared some pictures of this, but when you were traveling with a newborn, because there are people listening to this that 
are going to be traveling with a newborn. We've talked about things like we know that you guys are, or maybe Ashley, minimalist when it comes to like products and things like that. But what were some things, because when you take your kid anywhere, you feel like you're bringing your whole house with you. And even though you want to be minimalist, it still feels like that, I'm sure. So what were some of like the key things that you were like, oh my gosh, this made traveling in a hotel or this made um, staying with my parents or wherever you guys were so much easier? Yeah. So I will say being a minimalist um, did... Like we did a lot of research on things that we knew that we could use for the long haul. So we weren't, we didn't invest in things that were like temporary of like, oh, this will get us through one kid. So what I'm going to say might be like, oh, that's really expensive. But I, we were like thinking long-term, not just one baby. Um, so one thing that we have is the guava um, pack and play and bassinet. Um, and it's expensive, but it does go on sale a lot. Um, and so that's one thing that we have. And the one reason why we really wanted that was because of how light it is and the pack that it comes in to travel has backpack feature. And so we knew like if we were flying, we could carry it as a carry on. Um, so we've been using the bassinet portion, um, where everywhere we go and it's very easy to set up. Um, and then we also have the slumber pod, which goes over top of her bassinet. Um, and that has literally changed the game for us. And then the other piece of the whole sleep setup on the go is her hatch um, white noise machine. Um, and that has also changed the game for us. We made a rookie mistake the first time we went and we just took her portable uh, white noise machine and we have the ROM or the DOM or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, that was a rookie mistake because it died halfway through the night. And we had to like resort to using a phone for a couple, like maybe an hour until it charged back up. So now we just like travel with the hatch because we know that there'll be a plug somewhere in the room. Um, so that's kind of been our sleep, sleep setup on the go. And it has been like Sienna loves it. It took some convincing from my mom. Like my mom thinks it is insane. Like she thinks it's crazy. She doesn't understand why she has to sleep in the dark. But Sienna sleeps up to 10 hours a night right now um, without awaking. Um, so we are like, no, we think she loves her tent more than she loves her crib. <laughs> so um, those are like the three things that have really like every time we go somewhere, we take those three things um, and she sleeps like a gym. That is fantastic. I've, and I've actually had, we were chatting about this, I think before you came to sit down for the um, interview, joking about like, maybe she just use the slumber pot all the time. But I have <laughs> families who use that because they live in like Brooklyn and they have one bedroom or they have to room share with the kid um, because there's no other bedrooms or, or they room share with a sibling or something. So it's like, yeah, totally. Yeah. And she feels like she, I think she thinks like she just has her own little I mean, like she slept in the kitchen at my parents' house. I think that's what derailed my mom. My mom's like, we have so many bedrooms. Why is she in the kitchen? And that was like, I just, if, if she needed me in the night, I didn't want to climb up and down the steps. Um, but she didn't know she was in the kitchen. She loved it. She slept perfectly. So yeah, it works. Yeah, we bought the bassinet originally with the plan of using it in our room um, when, she, when she first came home and those types of things. But because of the sleep plan that we've been following, <laughs> um, she was able to, she started sleeping in her crib the second night. She was so the very first night she slept in, the, in our room in the bassinet. And then the very next night she started sleeping in her crib and she's been in her crib ever since. So um, luckily we've been doing so much traveling because otherwise we would have felt like it was a big waste because we've never used it like it doesn't it's not in our house it's not set up it just stays in the closet until it's we in go our somewhere. house Ty. it's just not, no, in. It's not it's not set up in our house <laughs> it's not set up in our house so yeah it's but it's been great and um i've gotten much better at setting it up yeah um 
maybe I need to learn. Maybe I should watch like a YouTube video from the Hatch people or not Hatch from the Slumber Pod people. But like the polls are so long, so you gotta like it takes a little learning how to set the the Slumber Pod up to make sure you're not like knocking picture frames off the walls and stuff like that. But I forgot it kind of figured out, and we've got the whole system down pat. It's been it's been great, and she sleeps in the car and the, using the sound machine. And I was telling Becca before we jumped on the recording here that we've even done things like um, doing her bedtime routine and in the parking lot of a gas station um, where Ashley took her water bottle and was pouring it on Sienna's hands to mimic her bath time so we could do all those things, change her, put in her pajamas, put her in her car seat, put the sound machine on and she fell asleep and she slept like a baby. She slept she slept like a baby. She yeah. slept literally, like a baby. Literally. And yeah, and it's been great. So we've we've really appreciated having that. And I know we're not necessarily here to talk about that, Becca, but we could talk about it all day. And if we had if we could make t shirts that say I love Becca, we <laughs> really do it and wear them all the time because we tell everyone we can we that'll listen about how amazing it's been for us. Yes. And we bought the sleep course for one of our friends because she had it on her registry and we were like, We already know what we're gonna buy you. This is it. I love it. Oh, well, spoiler alert, apparel is in the future. Yes. yes. I love Becca t-shirts coming soon. Oh my gosh. Coming soon to a website near you. I cannot wait, Becca. Ty, I don't think that's, that's not the direction. Oh, really? But I do tell her, I, 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 tell, I told somebody this yesterday that you either want to like tattoo my name on your arm or you literally forget about me because all your problems are solved. Like it's, it's one or the other extreme. Like it's not, you're not lukewarm about things. Like you're one or you really either extreme, but it's just awesome because um, even when I came over to, to visit her and see her, which is just like the cutest, you guys were doing something that like, I've never actually heard um, someone do. And I want you to explain how you, let me just let Ty take the mic here. Um, explain <laughs> how you are diligently tracking Sienna's naps or awake times rather. Yes. So I am known as being a tech person and tech guy. And I Anna one on the Enneagram. Anna one on the Enneagram. So if, if you know the Enneagram out there world, you understand this process that's about to come out of his mouth. Yes. I like rules. And I like black and white and I like following things to a T. So that's why as a dad, as a first time dad, I loved Becca's sleep course because it gave me this framework in this set of rules. I know they're not rules, Becca says, and they're more like guidelines, but in my mind, it was helpful to use them as rules so that I was able to <laughs> this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're not supposed to do. And it gave me just some sort of a framework to use to go off of when it came to her sleeping or napping or all these different things. It just gave me some, okay, this is the thing to follow. Oh, and it allowed me to understand in my mind the consequences of following it or not following it. Like, okay, we know it makes that it seems so rigid. No, well, I, again, it, it, it is helpful for me to be rigid. It doesn't have to be so rigid, but again, I just like it because even if we know, okay, so yeah, maybe we went out to eat or something. She couldn't go down exactly after 45 minutes. I can kind of weigh that out in my mind of knowing what's going to happen, what's not going to happen versus just having absolutely no idea, which is what I would have had if we didn't have this course and just kind of flying by the seat of my pants. I would have been anxious a lot. I feel like not knowing like, is this right? Is this wrong? Is this okay? Is this not okay? And just gave me a basic framework to work off of. And then we can kind of adapt from there. Cause like, obviously it's a little different for every kid and it's not always the same, but the one thing that Becca says that is almost a rule is uh, 45 minutes of awake time and then back to sleep, 45 to 60 minutes, depending on how old they are and then back to sleep. So I took that to heart. And I think that obviously didn't have kids before 45 minutes sounds like a lot of time, but if you're not paying attention, it can go by really, really fast. And if you're doing other things and you've 
got stuff going on. Next thing you know, you look at your clock and you're like, oh my gosh, it's already been an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, it's been an hour and 30 minutes. I wasn't paying attention. She should have been down a long time ago. So to avoid that, especially at the very beginning, my favorite thing to do and it just became really natural and easy to me was I use my Apple watch. You can also do this technically with your phone, but I like to do it with my Apple watch. So basically you can just like call up Siri and you say, Hey Siri, oh shoot. Uh, I don't want to set off everybody's phones here. Uh, hey, Apple assistant, <laughs> set a timer for 45 minutes. And that's it. So the other thing that I'll do on my Apple watch is you, they have what's called complications, basically like different on your different watch faces that you can have, you can customize them and set them to be whatever you want. I always use one of my complications and set that to the timer. So when I glance at my watch, I can quickly see what time it is and how much time she has left on her timer. So you don't have to constantly be pulling up the timer app. It just shows you right there. So uh, right now, when I look at my watch, it says 1215. And below that, it has where the timer would be. And if it was counting down or whatever, it's just really easy for me to glance and okay, she has 10 minutes left. She's got nine minutes left, she has one minute left, whatever it is. And I've just found that really helpful for me. I think it is brilliant, um, especially because you do get lost in thought about like, well, I'm just going to go over here. I'm going to do that because time can go by. And that was my problem with Ellie was first, I didn't know, but it would be like hours past. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's been four hours. Is she tired? I don't know. Now that's a disaster, but that's, <laughs> so, but four hours, that would be my question. I don't even know what I was, I don't know. I was young and had no idea. So, um, <laughs> but that's where I am now. So now we can look at like, it's so powerful, like to set a timer to like use your devices because so many people have these things that they're just not even utilizing. So I love it. And I think if you aren't being aware of the time and you get to like the overtiredness state, like sure, you can like pay attention to sleepy time cues of like rubbing her eyes or yawning or like whatever. Um, but at that point, it's a danger zone of like, Ooh, it's going to be really hard to get back from this. Um, so having some type of like timer or something like that is helpful to like not get in the danger zone of like, this might not go well once she actually goes down. So it's been really yeah. helpful. For Especially us. like I said, at the very beginning, now we're a little more lenient. Sometimes we do it. Sometimes we don't do it because we have a better grasp on what 45 minutes is and feels like. And she's in more of a routine of like, we know this is the nap time. This is the, like, she's, being more like doing the same thing every day yeah. whereas then it was kind of like, at the very very beginning yeah. it was super super helpful yeah. um so becca i have a few other tech things right here my other tech things absolutely love to lay on you here i've got them all written oh down gosh. right here let me go through them here okay so the big thing we that one of the things that we did buy that we're super glad that we bought that is one of the best purchases we made was the hatch baby changing pad slash scale so basically it seems it's a, like an extra purchase yes but, but it's great so basically it's does exactly what it says it does it's a changing pad but it also has a scale built in um so this is super helpful for us when it came to tracking her feeding and her weight and stuff like that because you weigh her before you feed her and then you feed her and then you weigh her again and it tells you how much she ate and the that reason why helpful. this was super yeah. helpful for us is because like we said we were traveling a lot yeah. and leaving her with friends and family and stuff like that so we know okay she's been eating on average you know three ounces per feet like that's kind of her normal so when we'd leave her with somebody to say okay just feed her three ounces, put three ounces in the bottle. That's all she needs. As opposed to being like, I don't really know how much she eats. Just feed her till she stops or whatever. And then you don't know is like one ounce enough. Is five yeah. ounces enough. Like how much is she eating? And it made my stock of breast milk last longer because I knew we weren't giving her more than what she was actually taking. Yeah. We weren't wasting as much. And then when we'd go into the doctor, they were always really impressed because we knew exactly how much she weighed and exactly how much she was eating and how much she was eating and all those sorts of things. So that was really great. And the other thing that's really great about Hatch is that they also have an app that you don't have to have the scale to have the app. 
And the app is really great because it can track all sorts of things like diapers and sleep. Like it, you, you can put naps in there. You can put all those things. You can track feeding time. So if you don't have the scale, you can just track the time that they're eating, that they're nursing on which side or whatever, which is helpful. Or the scale obviously makes it a little bit more accurate. Um, but it does all those different things. And what's really cool for all you tech lovers out there, <laughs> I'm sure you guys are going to love this, is there actually is an Alexa skill. So if your hands are full and you've got a lot going on, you can simply ask your Alexa to write these things down for you. So if you don't want to have your phone out or you don't want to have the app or your hands are full, you can just say, oh, she's in here. Uh, Amazon assistant, <laughs> uh, record a feeding for Sienna. And then it'll ask you how many ounces was it breast milk or formula. And then it adds it to your app. So if your hands are busy or whatever. You can do that. So what we use that sometimes. Ash usually is using the phone for the scale and those types of things. But if you go look at the actual skill in the Alexa app, it tells you all the other things it can do. So you again, you can track diapers. You can say, when's the last time they had a poopy diaper? And it'll say, it's been six hours since they had a poopy diaper or whatever. And it was super helpful because Ty would feed her a bottle sometimes. And then he could just tell her, tell Alexa how much she ate. And then I wouldn't have to ask him like, oh, how much did she eat? Like it would already be in my app. So that's a fun little, so again, if you like Alexa and you feel confident in your ability to add skills to your Alexa, this is a really fun one to have. It also works with the light, which I know Becca loves, the rest. So the new one, I think it only works with the new one, which is like the rest plus. We have the regular rest, which doesn't have the Alexa capabilities, but the rest plus, if you guys get that, which I suggest, you can use it to turn on the light, to change the color, to change the volume, to do all those different things which is really cool. And that's another thing that we love. We love our rest, which is the light. They're made by the same company. Uh, it's just been really good for us when we travel with it. And then we know that as she gets older and she turns, starts using the toddler clock and all those different things that we'll be able to utilize that even more. So yeah, that's my, those are the tech things, the main tech things that we use. And then other than that, like we said, we try to be minimalistic. So we don't have a ton of really crazy things. Like even we have a pretty basic monitor and all that stuff. I love so, yeah. that. I, I had no idea you could use Alexa with all of that. That is fascinating to me and so handy. But like if, now it makes sense. I'm like, well, of course you can use Alexa. Like obviously <laughs> that makes sense. Like very smart. Yeah. Really cool. I love that. Um, well, really, I mean, I am just, I've just loved watching Nell's journey. I can't wait to just see her grow. She's just the cutest and I'm looking forward to all of that. Is there anything else that you like, you have these like last little, like got to tell maybe a new or expecting mom or dad something, any like final message you would want to share? Okay. So one of the things I would say, again, for, for me as a relatively uneducated in terms of babies and stuff. So Ash has a background in nannying. She was nanny for like 10 years and worked with babies. So she had a lot more hands-on experience with babies. I had very little, very uh, none when it came to like long-term caring for a child. Um, so I think we kind of both came in with a little bit different set of expectations and kind of just like skill sets and mindsets. But I think that we both can agree that we were a little more nervous about the whole sleep thing and being sleep deprived and never getting any sleep and those types of things that actually ended up happening. Because I feel like you hear a lot of the horror stories of, oh my gosh, my baby only slept for an hour at a time and I've been awake for a month straight and I've never been able to sleep and all these things, which I know happen to people. And I know that that's the reality for people's lives, but that wasn't our reality. So I think we kind of came into it with that as our, as our expectation as the norm. And when it didn't go like that and she was sleeping from the day we brought her home in three hour chunks and then four hour chunks, you know, and now 10 hour chunks, you know, eight weeks later, nine weeks later, that we were like, oh, maybe we were like the anomaly or maybe there's, we just got lucky or whatever. 
Um, so this is partly an answer and partly a question for you, Becca. So my question slash what I kind of been pondering over all this time is, obviously we started implementing what you teach in the newborn sleep course from the moment we brought her home from the hospital. Even in the hospital, we kind of were doing some of the things, um, which I know is not necessary, but again. That's what I did. I'm all for it. <laughs> Enneagram one over here. So my question is, how much of that do you think is just like the program and like being consistent and it just knowing the right things, having the blackout shades, doing all the things that you talk about versus just having a baby who is wired to sleep well. Yeah. So lies. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. And I think I have seen a difference in kids when it's like, when you literally start things from day one, I think that's super powerful. Um, there, I, I actually get lots of questions when we like do share our wins on Monday. I have people be like, but my newborn's not doing that. I'm like that we're all different. Like every baby's different, but I do think, okay. So in, um, uh, Secrets of the Baby or Baby Whisperer by Tracy Hogg. She goes through lots of different types of babies. Yes. And I really would assume that Sienna is the angel baby and w- in which they latch onto things very quickly and like they just kind of get it and they can fall into routine very quickly. So I think, yes, that's just part of like probably who she is. Um, but then also because of your hard work with that, she's been able to continue on with it. So I don't believe that you could just have an angel baby and never like, oh, fine, I have an angel baby. It's cool. They can just like do their own thing and I don't have to do anything about it. I think it's because she's just ready for routines and she's like cool with it. And then your work with it, I think it's just absolutely made it how you see it right now. So helpful. But I, I also think if I was to say one last thing, I would say the routine really is powerful. And if you really do start it and stick with it, it really does work. Like, I really, like, Sienna knows what to expect. Like, she gets so excited when she gets naked at night. And, like, she knows that she's getting ready to get a bath. And she loves her bath. It's not like she's kicking and screaming. Like, she loves it. She knows the routine. Um, and she, like, maybe it is partly genetic. Maybe it is partly that she's an angel baby. Know what to expect. Um, and they say all the time, like, if you can, like, level a kid's expectations, like, they will be more go with the flow. Um, and we are communicating to her constantly, like, we're telling her what's coming up next, like, whatever, but she does know. Um, and so we have a lot of friends who I know are going to listen to this podcast. And I would say, not from like, I'm the expert because I'm not, we are so novice in all of this, like, we are learning everything for the first time. But sticking with the routine, I was, I was hesitant at first. Like, I'll be honest. Like there were, there was a night where Ty was like, no, Ash, this is what we're doing. Like, you'll thank me when she's sleeping through the night at like two months. And I was like, you are crazy. She's too little. I know it's not true, but we did it. And she is sleeping 10 hour stretches right now. Um, and she's two months. So she's a little over two months. She's 10 weeks guys. between nine and ten weeks depending on how you're counting um but i really do like really the routine has like changed the game for us and we are just so thankful we are are not and it can be different like the crazy stories doesn't have to be your story you don't have to like be sleep deprived you don't have to be like at your ends rope like it doesn't have to be that way it can be really joyful and really positive and exciting um and we like live for those 45 minute stretches that she's awake like we just get so excited so that's what I would say. I love it. Well, thank you guys. So um, I know that, I, I, again, I love following you on Instagram. So just tell us real quick, where can people find you so they can see Sienna grow? Yes, I am on Instagram at Ashley Harrington and Ty is at Tyler Harrington. And our last name does not have a G. It's H-E-R-R-I-N-T-O-N if you want to follow us there. 
Thanks so much for hanging out with us today, guys. I loved talking to the Harringtons and I'm sure you enjoyed their conversation and laughed and smiled along with them because they are just a blast. If you have enjoyed this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would just scroll down on iTunes or head on over to the app and leave us a review. I would love to hear your thoughts on this podcast. Just go ahead and tap that little five star <laughs> hint, hint, wink, wink. We are so close to getting 100 five star reviews and that would be so fun to see that happen this week. All right, guys, sweet dreams. See you next time.